Welcome everyone to the 10.30am service. Pray you're having a great morning. Welcome to you online, those watching online, um, wherever you are in the world today. Maybe you're watching from another country. Good to have you on board. Right, um, this message we're going to uh, talk about, the church that waits until. I spoke a message about a month ago. This, this dovetails into that message. Uh, go but wait. If you haven't heard that message, I encourage you to get the podcast or get the church app or go on the church website and listen to that message, Go But Wait. It ties in heavily with what we're going to talk about this morning. Before we start, I just want to um, yeah, welcome if you're a visitor today, see a few visitors around the place. Great to have you here. Um, I'll just draw your attention to the one heart goals that are listed on this on this slide here salvations baptisms discipleship and relationship they're also on the poster on the back wall they're, they're the goals of one heart church biblical goals and goals that god has put uh, on pastor rob's heart that we are we are going for we're going to be referring to those four goals throughout this message so in your bibles turn who's got their bible ready to go give us a wave Two, three, four, five people. That's good. Well, get your Bibles out. Acts chapter 1, 4 to 8. Once, while, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized, verse 5, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Or for us in Port Lincoln, Tumby Bay, the Lower Air Peninsula, South Australia, Australia, and the rest of the world. So the two, the true uh, church of born again Jesus followers largely falls into two categories there's the church that waits and then there's the church that waits until and each particular church throughout the world will generally will fall into one of these two categories and the church of at large will fall into these two categories and then there's individuals within each congregation that will fall into these two categories. Born again Christians that wait on God and those that wait on God until. Now every Christian will wait on, if you're a true Christian, you're going to be waiting on God to some extent. But the difference is whether you're waiting on God or waiting on God until. And so the fruitfulness of the church body is largely dependent on how many people are waiting on God or have waited on God until. And we're going to look at that. So the church, uh, the church that waits is, uh, is described in part in, in these, what we're going to look through in a sec right now, which is Matthew chapter 26. 26 to 30 while they were eating jesus took bread gave thanks 
broke it, gave it to his disciples, <clears throat> saying, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So this is uh, having communion together. They're all together uh, in the room, prepared uh, that Jesus asked them to get ready for this last supper. So they're having communion together. Verse 29, I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit from the vine from now on until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So they're having some worship. They're singing together. They're having communion together. Acts chapter 1, 12 to 26. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. They all joined together constantly in prayer. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, through the mouth, uh, and he said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke through the mouth of David concerning Judas. For Peter said, It is written in the book of Psalms, May his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it. And make, may another take his place of leadership. So they proposed two men, Joseph, called Basabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they cast lots, and the lot filled to Matthias. <laughs> so he was added to the 11 apostles. So this is a brief description of a church that waits, a church that waits on God. So we have two, two elements of the four goals being fulfilled in some way, uh, shape, or form. We have relationship, and we have discipleship happening. We have relationship, including communion, and discipleship to an extent in the form of worship, prayer, prophecy, preaching, and appointing people to leadership positions. A lot of P's in that sentence. These two attributes, they're, they're wonderful and they're integral to the church of God. We, when we gather together, we have worship, we have prayer, we have preaching, we share communion. We, pr we pray. We've got all these elements. And most churches, true born-again Christian churches, will have these elements in them. But that's only part of the fullness of what the church of God should look like. Jesus, because we're missing two elements. We're largely missing two elements, elements if that's all we do. We're missing salvations and baptisms. And while these, these functions are uh, the functions of discipleship and relationship are occurring, they're occurring behind closed doors because they were fearful. So they were in this room for fear of the Jews. They were, they were doing all the Christian things, all, all the things that are integral, important, and good. They were worshipping, they were preaching, they were praying, they were pointing people to leadership, there was being discipleship to a certain extent, but it was all happening within the the four walls of that upper room there was largely no outreach well there was no no outreach at all up until this point and one heart we're not a church like that and we don't want to be a church like that i'm not knocking churches like that but we want to have the fullness of what god has for us as a congregation congregation we don't want to stop short of the of the maximum that he has for us so what we describe is a church that is waiting on God, but they haven't yet waited until. So the church that waits until, Mark chapter 16, 15 to 18. 
And Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So here we see Jesus describing the church of our day. He's saying this is what it looks like. They're going to go into all the world, proclaim the gospel. There's people that are going to be believing. There's people that are going to be getting baptized. There's going to be laying on of hands, healing of the sick. There's going to be praying in new tongues. There's going to be casting out demons. There's going to be drinking poison and not dying. Don't drink poison, please. I think this is in the context of persecution and someone tries to kill you because you're a Christian. So you, they say, drink this poison and you drink it and you survive. It's not just go and get the white king out the cupboard. God forbid, don't go there. <laughs> um, here we read Jesus' description of how the church will function, be functioning in our day. And clearly we can see that it includes preaching to the unsaved, with accompanying signs, wonders, and miracles that results in salvations and baptisms and also accompanying persecutions. So the church that waits but doesn't wait until can have relationship, we can have discipleship, we can have certain elements, but if we don't wait until, we will lack the outreach, the salvations, and the baptisms that Jesus hungers to see. In Luke 15, 7, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous person, people who do not need to repent. And so how many people are here in this building? Maybe 70, I guess. God is happy. There's joy in his heart that we're gathering together. But I tell you what, if someone got saved today, God's joy would go through the roof. He would be shouting and dancing and leaping because somebody has given their, has come from darkness into light. Somebody that was going to be condemned to hell has been brought into the kingdom of God and has life eternal. See, that's the thing. He loves us gathering together, but that is the thing that makes him just, it just goes off the charts because it's actually God rejoicing in the presence of the angels. It's the Father God rejoicing. Hey, somebody's come home. I've added another child to my family today. And that's what he longs to do. And he wants us to be involved in that process. So it's not that we don't love God or we don't desire that. I'm sure everyone here as, as a Christian wants people to see that. We want to see people saved. We want to see people baptized. We want to see all these elements functioning in the church. It's not a matter of that we don't necessarily want it. But... It's a lack of power. And so don't feel judged or don't feel condemned. But just ask God for the power that you need to fulfill this purpose. So being filled with the Holy Spirit. When I was, when I was saved uh, at 26, I love sharing this story because it was so, such a powerful moment in my life. There's been lots of powerful moments, but this was the top of the charts. And I was on my own in the fourth floor of an apartment building. You've probably, some of you have probably already heard this before, but totally unsaved, 
knew nothing really about God. My parents were Christians, but they told me about Jesus and that, but I'd, I'd walk my own walk. I didn't want anything to do with it. Up there on my own, my life had got to a certain point, um, and I just knew that I needed God. And my parents had said, you know what, you can always ask Jesus for help at any stage in your life. They sowed that into my life. And you know what, I got to the point when I needed to do that. And so I was, on, I was praying. I had a worship tape that my mum had sent me over. You know the old cassette tapes? <laughs> it's showing how old I am, isn't it? The old cassette tape. You know, if it gets off the spiel, you've got to get the pencil and get it, tighten it up again. But <laughs> I had the worship tape going and I was just praying, God, you know, I need you. You know, give me a, my dad had told me about the Holy Spirit because he was baptized in the Holy Spirit himself and prayed in other tongues. He said, you can ask for this yourself. So I was praying, God, I need, I need you. I need this Holy Spirit that my dad had told me about. And I was just praying and thoughts were coming into my mind. I'll go get a drink. Oh, I think I need to do the washing. Oh, maybe I need to do this and that. But I was desperate. I was just desperate. And I said, God, just, I just need it. I just need it. I was just so desperate and just crying out. And then the moment came when this, I can only describe it as warm sunshine. Fell, fell from heaven, basically, just onto the top of my head. And I could feel it going down my body to my feet. And I just started weeping uncontrollably and just praying in this other language that I hadn't learned. It was just by the Spirit. And it just I didn't know what I was saying, the specific words, but I knew that I was confessing my sins to God. I was, I was just pouring out every sin and hurt that had happened in my life at this moment. And, and I knew the whole, I was so aware of the holiness and the love of God for me at this very same moment. I was just saturated and I was just on the, on the ground for I don't know how long, but just everything was just coming out in my life. And it was an unbelievable moment that I'll never forget, and I've never been the same since. And you know, it doesn't always happen like that for everyone. I, I thank God so much that he, he gave that to me. But it does happen. It may not happen in that same way, but he wants you to be filled with the Spirit, every single one of us. And so I said earlier, the amount of people in a congregation that are filled with power or the Spirit will largely determine the church's level of effectiveness and outreach to the unsaved and so when it, when it, earlier on when we uh, talked through that verse of what happened on Pentecost it says they're all together in unity waiting on God and then tongues of fire came to rest on everyone and it says in that that all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit every single one of the 120 were filled with the Holy Spirit there wasn't some person that was left out. There wasn't a person that was left out. And I encourage you today, if you think, you know what, I'm, I don't qualify to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm, for some reason, I'm not up to scratch, so God, you know, he wouldn't give that to me. Well, I can tell you that in Galatians, if you've read Galatians, it says, did you receive the Spirit because you obeyed the law or because you believed what you heard? And you know what? It doesn't matter what your life has been to this point. You could have been the worst of worst sinners right up to the moment you walked in this door. God will give you the Holy Spirit because he, it's, it's not based on your performance at all. It, it's based on his love, his desire to bless you with this gift. So don't talk yourself out of it. 
And what happens after this event of Pentecost, when everybody is filled with the Holy Spirit in that room, is incredible. It's, it's, ama- it's amazing what happens. Peter, they all come out of this room and, and they, you know, they say, oh, they're drunk, you know. And you know but Peter, I think it's Peter, says, no, nah, it's not, we're not drunk. Like it's only 9 o'clock or 9.30 or something in the morning. This is what Joel prophesied, that God would pour out his spirit on all flesh. And so I'm not comparing the Holy Spirit to being, being drunk, but, you know, they, they obviously uh, had an inhibition. Their fears were gone. That they were, there was a boldness about them that they would step out and start preaching about Jesus. And if thousands get saved on that first message, straight after that event, Peter steps out, preaches. Thousands get saved. There's, there's a healing of a, of a man at the, at the uh, temple gate, leaping up on his feet. There's, there's de- you know, demons get cast out. Everything that Jesus said the church would be, in all its fullness, starts to happen from this moment of Pentecost. Up until then, it's been a church that's waiting. After that, you see, and elements have been functioning in the church, but up after that point, you see the church that has waited until the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes and then they're busting out of that room. There's a boldness comes upon them and they start to go out into the people around them. They start to see people saved, people getting baptized, filled with the Spirit. Uh, gifts are operating, people are getting healed. There's, there's signs and wonders happening but after this event. And the fullness of the church as God wants it to be starts to come into being. In Acts 4:33, and with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. So I don't know about you. I don't know about your uh, Christian walk as it currently stands. Maybe it's, it's behind closed doors. Maybe it's not public. So nobody sees it. It's behind closed doors. It's in secret because there's a fear there. Or there's a timidity there. And, and you can't overcome it. Well, God wants you to receive his spirit and to, get, and to have that boldness come upon you. That power to come upon you and liberate you from the boundaries of, your, of a private faith that nobody knows about and to make it public for those around you. So the question is not, have we waited on God, but have we waited on God until we have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And are we continuing to be filled? I know in this room that some of us, I know personally that some have received the whole baptism of the Holy Spirit. But I can be pretty sure that not everyone has that's listening to my voice in this room right now. And I encourage you, at the end, we're going to have opportunity for you to respond, to come forward, and we're going to pray with you and believe with you that you will receive this Holy Spirit baptism. And so that opportunity is going to be there for you to take. So One Heart Church is a great church. I, I love One Heart Church. The pastors, Pastor Rob and Pauline, we honour them. They, do, they sacrifice so much. And they love, the, I know they love this house so much and everyone in it. And they're praying for us and, and they're, 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 they're spearhead pushing through uh, a course to see these things come into being more and more. And so encourage them whenever you can. And over the last several years, we've seen people 
get saved and baptized. But I don't know about you, but this thing isn't open enough. We opened it up a while back for a baptism. Who, who was that baptism? Daniel, that's right. And the thing's moldy. The lid's been sitting on there so long, it stinks of mold. Like, come on, it's got to be off more regularly. It should be off every week. It says in the book of Acts that daily they were added to the number, those that were getting saved. And so we can step into new realms. We're not, I'm not saying we're not seeing these salvations and baptisms, but we could see it explode if everyone in this whole congregation is filled with the Spirit and there's that unity, then we'll be unstoppable. Do you think of uh, in uh, the Old Testament, Tower of Babel, they're all united together to build this tower to reach to heaven. God says, you know what, if they're united in this, they're going to be unstoppable. There's nothing they, can, nothing they put their mind to, they won't be able to do. So he confuses the language and that's how we get the different cultures and language people groups and that. But that, that was for an evil purpose. So for a good purpose, imagine if we're all united. Every one of us has had that baptism in the spirit. And you know what? Don't, don't feel uh, inferior or uh, if you haven't at all, but just take that step. Take what God has available for you. But there's also an enemy on the other side that doesn't want you to receive this baptism in the Holy Spirit. So it's received by faith. It's simply received by asking. So the devil is going to do everything he can to stop you from receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Because he knows, okay, I can contain. If they, if they, if they wait, that's, that's okay. That's fine. They can wait. But they'll do that behind closed doors and they'll be private and it won't really affect what I'm doing too much. I don't like it, but I can deal with that. But no, if they get this baptism in the Holy Spirit, oh, I'm in trouble then. What do I do then? They've bust my containment. There's a boldness come upon them and, and they, they can't be stopped. And so he doesn't want you to receive it. And so he'll do everything he can to put fear and doubt in your mind about it so that you don't ask God for it and you don't end up receiving it. It's so sad. I've talked to people that would say, oh, you know, that's good that you've received that, but it's just not for me. Oh, God does, doesn't want me to have that, that gift. Well, yes, he does. He wants everyone to have it. Why wouldn't he want you to have it? Everyone is in the same boat with the same need of, of to be filled with the Spirit. You can't, you can't do it fully without it. He was so in thoughts like, it's for others maybe, but not for you. Have you ever thought that in, in this place today? He was so thoughts like this. God doesn't want you to have that gift. Have you ever thought that about yourself today? It's a lie. How about this one? Speaking of tongues is of the devil. I've heard people say that. The devil is telling people, hey, speaking of tongues is of the devil. Don't do it. It's evil. Well, no, it's the devil getting in and deceiving you so that, hey, you don't ever receive it. Luke 11, 5 to 13. Then he said to them, Jesus, suppose one of you has a friend and he goes to him at midnight and, and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not 
get up and give him the bread because he's his friend. Yet because of the man's boldness, he'll get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. To him who knocks, the door will be opened. I love that. I love that verse. I love what Jesus is telling us there. Anything. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So Jesus tells this parable. You know, people are journeying through life spiritually hungry. And we don't have the resource to meet their needs. We just don't have it. And this parable, Jesus is highlighting the fact that there's this guy, there's, there's, there's someone on a journey. He's spiritually poor. He's hungry spiritually. He needs food. But the guy that he comes to doesn't have any bread. And you know what? We don't have the resource in ourself to meet the needs of the people around us that are journeying through life and hungry spiritually. We don't have the resources. And this guy knew that. This guy was smart. He goes, you know what? There's that, that guy I know. And he's got storehouses of bread. He's got like pantries full of it. So he goes to this guy, knocks on the door. Hey, give me some bread. He's like, no, it's, it's, it's night, you know. Go away. I'm in bed. The children are asleep. Oh, go away. He's like, no, I need bread. I need it. I need resource here. And eventually the guy says, all right, gets his dressing gown on, goes to his cupboard, gets out a couple of rye bread rolls, brings it down to the guy and says, here you go. Here's your bread. And you know what? It's not, it's not bad to know that you don't have what it takes in the Christian walk it's actually good because then you'll actually go to God and say God give me the resource that I need here I haven't got it to help this crowd of people I need it give me the resource and it says that he'll give you the Holy Spirit and he's not like that reluctant guy he's 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 ready he's waiting he's going when are they going to ask me for this bread I've got tons of it here got to do something with it who's going to ask me which are, which of these people are going to ask me come and ask me for bread by faith and i'll give it to you I'll give you the holy spirit the truth is everyone who asks receives so be bold be persistent if you need to be and get god to give you the holy spirit and don't stop until he does it's a huge blessing that he wants to give you it's a blessing to you, to your church, you call home, to the lost souls around us who need to be saved and baptized and brought into the community of faith and discipled. And so this can happen. Like I said, when I was in that fourth floor of that apartment building and the Holy Spirit just came upon me, I was totally alone and it just came upon me and filled me. It can happen like that. Often in the Bible, you see it happens 
with the laying on of hands of other believers. There's something about the laying on of hands that that causes this this the Holy Spirit to come into people's lives. In Acts 8, chapter 8, 14 to 17. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So these guys have received they've, uh, received the Word of God, but they haven't received the Holy Spirit. So they're saved. They're born again. They're the church that's waiting, but they haven't yet waited until. They're worshipping, they're praying, they're reading their Bibles, they're doing all that stuff, but they're just just waiting for this Holy Spirit to fill their, fill their uh, beings. And, and, and these apostles come, lay their hands on them, and they receive the Holy Spirit. So sometimes we need someone to stand with us. And shortly we're going to go through a song. And if you would like someone to stand with you and believe with you for the Spirit, the Holy Spirit to come into your life and fill you and baptize you, and don't, don't be uh, afraid or whatever, just, just come forward and someone will stand with you and believe with you. And you could receive that incredible gift this very morning. Maybe you've received the Word of God and have been saved, but have not yet received baptism in the Holy Spirit. You know what? Maybe you haven't even received the Word of God. Maybe this is the first time you've heard anything about this. Do it all at once. I said, I did. I just did it all at once. just went, God, help me. He gave me everything all in one package. So feel free to come forward too. Or maybe you feel like you're, you're just just need more bread you're just running out of bread the lard is getting empty there's a couple of old slices left a couple of stale slices left come forward and, and believe that God fill you fresh with his Holy Spirit into abundance so would you stand this morning as we sing through this song I'm going to pray and then if you'd like someone to pray with you to receive this gift feel free to come forward and we'll pray so Father we thank you Holy Spirit we thank you for your presence Holy Spirit we need your infilling power as one heart church we need it personally we need it all together God we pray that every single person that calls one heart home would be filled with the Spirit of God would be baptized in the Spirit of God Lord we just pray that you'd bring us into that boldness of faith where the signs and wonders flow even more more frequently. The salvations are more prevalent. The baptisms are, are more regular. God, we just pray and thank you this morning that your word doesn't return void, that it will accomplish what you set it out to accomplish. God, and we pray as a community of brothers and sisters, a family of faith, Lord, that everyone would receive this gift. Everyone would walk out to the fullness of what you have for their life. We pray and thank you for that. In Jesus' name, feel free to come forward as we sing.